This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice every weekday. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Well, the impeachment saga continues, as you could guess. And I heard as much as I could take of it. So I'll just bring you little snippets of what I've heard and a couple of big pictures. Little snippets. Is about as much as anybody can take of it. Anybody can take. And I, I listen to it while I'm driving. And I, at this point, if I ever say this again, I feel like I'm being like kind of irresponsible in my duties here. But I assume it was Diane Feinstein because no one else could be that old. But it was some super old chick saying, saying all the stuff that Biden did, like he got this prosecutor fired with the full consent and authority of Congress, the executive branch, the judicial branch. I don't know. I wish I had the actual quote written out, but he was clearly acting on behalf of our country when he had fired this obviously corrupt prosecutor. And anyone who thinks differently is not facing the simple on its face reality, which is Basically, the way it sounded to me was when Trump did the exact same thing, clearly he was doing it for personal benefit. So Trump then was trying to get Yovanovitch fired or Biden investigated for clearly something that is without question in the interests of our country, whether it benefits him or not. And that, we should say, obviously means that Trump is bad. But just in case you're wondering what Biden did, which sounds exactly the same, obviously is not bad. Yeah, they're arguing that the intent of people who on the surface did the exact same thing. Right. Is different. And I hadn't even thought about it as being basically the exact same thing. Yeah. Like I realize he withheld aid, but to get somebody fired, which if you go to the Ivanovich thing, which is going to be a central point of this, that he did. I mean, he told them to do something that could be in our interest, could be personally beneficial to him. We don't know. And Biden did the exact same thing. And we're supposed to, I mean, it's really maddening because we're supposed to not have any standards for discernment. We're not supposed to apply the same standards. We're simply supposed to say, if this person has a D, you can assume they're correct because we know Republicans are evil and Democrats are good. And I mean, I've asked people this before. What's to stop evil Republicans from acting like Democrats? Oh, they would never do that. The Democrats have good judgment. They wouldn't let them in the party. They 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 don't call her Killary for nothing. (laughs) So and speaking of Killary, Tulsi is mad suing her $50 million forever for defamation. Maybe that folds into always say debunked when talking about Biden. I don't know if those things will dovetail, but it did occur to me as I was listening to this that so Biden made that speech that outed himself in that CFR panel, the Council of Foreign Relations panel. The whole thing sounded contrived to me at the time. So I don't know how long this PSYOP has been in the works or if this was a, like an elaborate cover-up operation for, for all of Biden's really nefarious activities, like have him come out as doing something kind of minor, like getting a prosecutor fired, and then you don't have to worry about the billions of dollars his son is profiting from in China. I don't know, because that was shortly after the book came out that exposed all of this. I think it was Peter Schweitzer book. But Tulsi, I can't help but think every time I hear her talk that she is a member of the Council of Foreign Relations, which is a basically supranational body. It's the Council of Foreign Relations. It is over and above our laws and undermines our sovereignty. So she can 
she can sue Hillary for calling her a Russian agent. But it's quite possible that you could say that she was serving. She is with whatever this nonsense is. She is serving a an interest not not aligned with the American people. And her name was apparently removed from the roster of the CFR. I would have to double check that, but from what I understand, it was. Oh, oh, yeah, I think Pete. Canonas told us that. That makes yes. it even more suspicious And I to me. know, right, I know that I saw it while it was up there. I saw and it I, too. Yeah. I only looked for it. You know, it wasn't like on an archive screen or anything. I only looked for it after she started saying anti-war stuff, and I was like, not buying it, <laughs> you know? And then I found that she was in the CFR, and it was kind of a pain to do that. I don't know why I did it the hard way, but I just like, oh, oh, I know what it was. I occasionally will scan the membership list to see what names I recognize because it does change and she was on it and that was how I noticed it so I noticed it in real time looking at it on purpose to see who was on it at that moment so it can't have been more than a year ago yeah I saw it too and it wasn't long ago it was before she this before she got put in the spotlight during this presidential uh campaign but the impeachment is nobody cares it's like a bad Open mic stand-up comedy night. The performances are terrible. Nobody in the audience cares. And by the end of the night, everybody's plastered. Many of them are plastered by the beginning of the day when they get up on stage. But it's horrible. And the people, the senators in the audience are not paying attention at all. They do not care. This is not for them. This is only for the public. I was reading about what all the senators were doing during this four-hour presentation that Schiff gave yesterday four hours to listen to this. I mean, I'm a bug-eyed person. This guy is a bug-eyed person. <laughs> and he makes my oh, eyes look normal. Are you saying that you're allowed to call him that? Exactly. Because you share his identity? I am bug-eyed. I can call other bug-eyed people bug-eyed. <laughs> he, his bug-eyes dwarf mine. But you don't have a sinister... I don't look like I have Your a, look a is very endearing. raging thyroid problem and a desire to eat children. <laughs> I don't look like that. It actually doesn't look like it's physical. It looks like it's generated from inside. Like if you watch, uh, what was the thing where the, if you watch Total Recall, did you ever see Total Recall? It's been a long time, yeah. It's been a long time. When they get shot out into the Mars before the atmosphere rains down, their eyeballs start popping out of their heads. yeah. It looks like that. It looks like some internal combustion or external loss of pressure has resulted in like this near fatal experience for this guy. But but he does look like he wants to eat my baby, and I cannot look at him without wanting to hide my baby. That's the effect he's having. And well, on the senders, what he's having is nobody's staying in the room. Like Lindsey Graham has been out of his seat more than he's been in it. Fidget spinners came out, like four or five senators were playing with fidget spinners. I heard Bernie Sanders was like reading the ingredients on the back of a peanut package during most of the day. Senators are passing notes. Feinstein is only in there for 10 minutes at a time. And there's like these little side areas that are like bullpens where everybody just hangs out and talks to each other all the time. Nobody's paying attention. It's only for the public to keep people divided and conquered so that they can build this this war fervor and division internally leading up to the 2020 election. I think they had some Roe versus Wade hecklers in the, in that 
pen. I, I saw. Oh, did they? Is that where that yeah, comic book drawing came oh from? Oh my gosh! Totally. Like you're like this is a bad stage play. They're making. They're going to make a graphic novel out of it. it it's it's comic book. You click on the CNN link and you're, it's like you're reading a graphic novel. It's crazy. Doesn't C-SPAN broadcast every minute? Yeah. Why are we drawing it when there is live broadcast? <laughs> because they of it? want to. They make want it, that theatric. They yeah. want to put drama on it. Yeah. It's. But it's, I can't wait for like the fifty-dollar coffee table book of those charcoal sketches. You know I mean, what? It's gonna. It's gonna You're right. happen. It's gonna sell. It's gonna be. There's gonna be a book tour. Maybe Adam Schiff. It goes on the book tour. He creeps people out and. You'll have, like, real old people someday remembering the dark days of the impeachment. Like, the country was really in crisis. Like, we are going to live long enough to see them rewrite history. But, yeah. like, nobody will – they'll just be like, oh, shut up, Karen. You know, like, yeah, it's yeah. not going to – It's this is the problem is right. that we just – I wonder sometimes if we live long enough – if we lived longer, would this be less of a – cluster well if they do make that into a graphic novel they can rewrite history with children because children are more likely to get something that's comic booky like that and they can they're certainly not going to watch hours and hours of this nonsense but you give them a graphic novel and that will be their truth whatever's in that novel absolutely yeah it takes a long time and actually when i try to tell my kids not to believe the stuff that they learn it causes real problems like it causes Problems <laughs> like cognitive problems, yeah. that cognitive dissonance is hard for a developing mind, and it causes problems at school because they're so innocent. They'll run up to the teacher and she's like, oh, my gosh, did you know that's a lie? You know, yeah. like, did you know that right. moon landing didn't happen? It's like, oh. Yeah, I would always tell my nieces A lot nephew, of kids don't believe in the moon landing, though. I, I would tell them, I would be like, do not repeat what I'm telling you to they any of your teachers. It's the, it's the cognitive ever. dissonance that they cannot embrace as you do. Right. So, well, speaking of cognitive, oh, oh go ahead. Okay, I had a couple of more things on impeachment. All right, just real quick. The the yesterday I said Andrew Jackson was impeached. I would, of all people, I know who Andrew Jackson is, and or was, and I know that he did not get impeached. He they tried to kill him for <laughs> closing the bank, yeah, same but they did not impeach him. And then I stumbled upon an article by Paul Craig Roberts, who wrote about Andrew Johnson, who I didn't even know who the heck he was, right? Is that awful or what? Do you know who he was? Andrew Johnson? Yeah. Do you know anything about his president? one salient thing about his presidency? No. Do you think he got elected by a landslide, or was it close? Close. He became president when Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't so I elected. Don't, I don't know if he was ever elected. I didn't get that far. But they, so that was a trick they, question is what you're telling me. Yes, sorry, because <laughs> you would think – I wasn't trying to trick you. I didn't know either. You would think that that significant, that most seminal moment of the modern American era to have – you would think you would know who the first president of the aftertime was. The first yeah. president, you know what I mean? At the Abraham Lincoln, like what happened the next minute? You see that famous LBJ with, with um, Jackie O and all that, whatever. So, so Andrew, so what they did was, he, I think the reason that uh, Lincoln was killed was that he was going to have a merciful reconstruction, and. Uh, a relative of Claire Booth Luce, 
John Wilkes Booth. So he was a, a the, an actor mm-hmm. and a relative of the of a famous media family that lasted the generations, killed him. And they say, unless you think that this is just a lone nut thing, there might have been a reason that benefited people that Lincoln was taken out so that he could, so that he wouldn't have a merciful reconstruction. Andrew Johnson was going to maintain or carry on Abraham Lincoln's wishes. Yeah. So they railroaded him with this impeachment, which he just squeaked by not getting a conviction on. So I wanted to correct the record on that. And, um, I liked a line out of the Paul Craig Roberts article. He really put in words what I had been thinking and hadn't been able to articulate. Many presidents have done worse and not been impeached. And the three impeachments were all political. Like, and he points out George W. lying to get us into a war that killed a lot of people. That was bad. Right. But we must impeach this president, according to for what again? For his intent behind doing the exact same action that Joe Biden did, (laughs) being evil and being driven by Russia. Evil. I think you've got it. That is a high crime. Russian driven. Yeah. I don't think you can discriminate against someone again on a on a um, characteristic that is inherent in them. Well, when Russia puts that characteristic within them. Yes, yes, yes. You absolutely can. And public opinion has gone up even more. I believe it's 72% of people now want to see these witnesses paraded through. They they want to see some action. This action we're getting right now, this Adam Schiff action, this is not action that anybody wants to see. And they want to see some exciting witnesses. Let's see if they end up following public opinion on that. I don't know that they will, maybe. But as for an explanation as to why all the senators are fidgety and out of their seats, I believe at one point in time there was 15 GOP seats empty and 12 Democrat seats empty. So just nobody's in the audience while this elab- – because well, they only keep focused on the person talking, so you don't realize do you the half-empty room. Or do you think that's – I think That's it's absolutely legit. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been that to, makes sense because I don't think they give one care. I mean, how can you sit there for that long? And I'm sure they know how they're supposed to vote in the end. Like whatever the yeah, it's people not changing, get to vote. Right. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's opinion is changing. This is just firming public opinion. Right. And but there was an article that talked about how because you're not allowed to have coffee and you're not allowed to have your cell phone. Inside the, but you can have fidget spinners and you have fidget spinners and peanuts. peanuts. Apparently, yeah, and you can get up and leave at any point in time. But psychologists said that he believes, or she believes, that the U.S. senators are suffering from digital detox at Trump's impeachment trial, and they go on to talk about how. The impact of digital detox, they're looking at the fidgeting and people getting up and down, and then they talk to some senators about not being able to access their phones because they do everything on their phones all the time, setting appointments, talk to their family and stuff, and it was frustrating. There, there was some frustration expressed, but the article talks about how a report recently found that 7 out of 10 people recognize their own dependence from uh, – their own dependence on their – device and how they they need to get away from it and that a study published found that during the early days of a digital detox it can produce feelings of anxiety frustration and withdrawal with symptoms like insomnia depression and something called 
inattentive blindness, which is when users who have become so accustomed to digital assistance and keeping track of everything that they have a hard time retrieving phone numbers and their prefrontal cortex goes into overdrive and causes them to miss crucial life-threatening details of daily life. What what is a life threat threatening detail driving of daily life? the effect? I, I think it's uh, got to be related to maybe driving. Maybe they need one of those digital reminders to go to the bathroom. Maybe that's, that's another thing. thing. Maybe you're having bladder explosions. Absolutely, <laughs> people are so used to their phones. Screen and they, deprivation psychosis. Yeah, and then they did a study of 35 professionals who. They took their device away from them, and they put them in a desert for three days. Not, I don't think just in a hot desert. I believe they were housed. But after three days, <laughs> these 35 professionals had better posture, greater eye contact, better sleep, and improved memory after being off of their cell phone and their devices for three days. So we're seeing— I absolutely believe that. Oh, so yeah. then the senators are going to walk out like super buff. Yeah, that's that. At the, at the end of the article, it's like perhaps this Biden's is a good neurological ticks are going to go away. The whole he should agenda, be locked in there. There you go. The whole agenda was to get detox all these senators, the senators. Yeah, to detox the senators. It's rehab. So I've got this. I'm seeing this. Uh, this uh, trending thing, doomsday clock. Have you seen? I that? did see that. Yeah, one hour. Oh no. I thought right. it was 100 seconds. Oh, was it 100 seconds? 100 seconds to midnight. So here's the thing. So I, of course, I'm just listening to the news because I had to take a long, another long drive today. And I heard some guy read who said, it's like the real problem. They were talking about Doomsday Clock. They get this guy to read the story, you know, a scientist from Doomsday Clock or whatever. And he says that the real problem, and first of all, what is 100 seconds? Like, they started this in the 40s, and nothing, doomsday never happened. So what, does it ever get to be like at noon? <laughs> it's 100 seconds to midnight. Is it ever 9 in the morning, or is that a post-nuclear, we're just in the last minute, in which case we need a new currency for the clock, because the clock doesn't really make sense. It should just be like a second hand, you know, like a minute. Yeah. Anyway, but he said the biggest problem was information warfare where people won't believe what scientists are telling them. And this reminded me of what happened yesterday when I was talking oh. about the Virginia, the base thing. Like, yeah. who is all, all of this, all of the, what is the mastermind behind the orchestrated information warfare campaign that is keeping ordinary people from being brainwashed from the only people who have orchestrated information warfare campaigns? It's just got to be Russia or nothing. But is the Russia behind the base? Like, wh- who who are these people who transcend the liberty movement, transcend the Democrats, Republicans, all the parties, and just go straight to, are they funded? Like, it's not reasonable to think that there is some, you know, these are the conspiracy theorists, people who call conspiracy theorists crazy are saying that there is some hidden hand, some deep state of anarchy or or domestic terrorism or whatever that operates behind the scenes and orchestrates, plans out information warfare to the point where it's interfering with the ability of science to, quote, educate us. You understand what I'm saying? Like, they're suggesting there's a conspiracy among conspiracy theorists. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they're and they're saying conspiracy theorists are crazy. There are no conspiracies except for the ones. So I'm sure that they're gonna <laughs> yeah. roll out that 
conspiracy theorists think that about other people because that is their own pathology. There, there are I just, no I hate it when it's just, if people ask me why I'm around, like why they don't shut me up, I think it's because I give them great ideas like that. Like I cover up their holes. I tell them where... I don't really think that, but I don't like it when I say stuff that's super clever like that for them to use later. It's probably already out there. So you're saying that they're saying that there are no conspiracy theories. There are no conspiracies except for the ones that conspiracy theorists promote. That's not promote. Or believe in. No, engage in. They're saying there's an information war. And I'm saying it's like the base, where they're saying the base is talking about shooting people on both sides to try to try to cause havoc. And I'm saying that stuff is stuff only governments do. But they're turning it around and saying, no, it's only stuff you people do. And I'm saying, so you're saying that we have a conspiracy. You know, not we. I'm not I'm not like a white nationalist, but I'm just saying they categorize us all as conspiracy theorists, libertarians, anarcho-capitalists, domestic terrorists. Um, all that. I mean, I've seen uh, everybody. So I'm just saying they're looking over at us and saying, you guys are engaging in conspiracies to create chaos, to have an information war, to that we're, you know, to shoot people on both sides, that, that we have that conspiracy and that, uh, and that conspiracy anti-government. So that's why they, they say anti-government conspiracy theorists. Uh You know what I'm saying? Like they, they're, they're accusing anti-government types from top to bottom, some of whom they created as being in on a conspiracy to undermine the government. To undermine the government's conspiracy. Right. Right. And then when we say the government is engaged in a conspiracy to undermine our rights, they call us dangerous. Dangerous, Russian, crazy, racist. Whatever. That was a little too vortexy. Sorry. (laughs) Even even I'm kind of a little bit (laughs) lost. Well, okay. So I, th- I think my... that's the whole point of the propaganda is to create that confusion around it. Around... Circular, yeah. circular thinking. So something you might be interested in, GM and Honda unveil, uh, unveil their self-driving car that has no steering wheel or pedal options. It is a six-seat electric car that doesn't have any of the any, – no brakes, no wheels, no accelerator pads, no windshield wipers, no rearview mirror – the doors slide <gasps> wow. open instead of swinging open. There's no obvious front or back like there is on a regular car. And uh, this is going to be available in a ride-sharing app called Cruise where you can call this thing. And you can – it said one of the features is you when? can step into it at the same time as other people because it's like a, a ball, I guess. They say it's going to be available very soon. They did not give a definitive But don't they have date. to redo the infrastructure? I mean, I'm not I think they're doing that. you, but I mean the infrastructure has to be like it can't read lines and stuff. Well, I think no it can. I, we've done some can. stories where they it's they adapting. have this infrastructure yeah, in yeah. that it can talk to the roads. And Atlanta is a test area for that. They're oh, doing okay. that. Oh, okay. All right. I like, didn't realize how fast that was moving cuz that's what I think one of one of Trump's big obligations is yeah, it's being built up around power. this. There's like a what? whole. You're seeing it. Okay. There's like a whole section in Atlanta that is like dedicated to smart road technology. That they're and testing I bet a bunch those like uh, Lime scooters and everything. I bet those will have that those kind of communication devices in them. Yeah. So that if you're using one of those, like a public one, you're going to be safer than like if you have your own. Oh yeah, I'm sure. The, these they GM says they envision. First of all, they say 
talk about all the environmental benefits and how to unclog the cities and improve safety. Uh, they envision it running for 18 hours a day, reducing the need for private cars. And also, yeah, it can go both ways on the road. So mm-hmm. I, you, I can see that never being a problem if it's hacked. <laughs> but yes, getting rid of private vehicles is the ultimate goal here. Yeah. And Definitely. then you don't need roads, you don't need driveways, you don't need garages, you don't, and that makes it a little bit easier to make your yard and your land smaller. Yeah, how long till these things become rolling brothels? Yeah, I wonder what the laws are. Like, if you elevate it a little bit, can it be a like a, an airship? We can have some tinted, yeah, exactly, some tinted windows, maybe. Isn't that what those casino, those riverboats were about? Not having laws? Oh, so you can gamble on the water. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think so. I believe you're correct on that. Another story that I know is going to, I know you're going to (laughs) have some thoughts on, is Apple had planned to allow iPhone users to fully encrypt backups onto their iCloud devices until the FBI stepped (laughs) in and complained that it would harm investigations. This is, of course, six sources familiar to the matter told Reuters, so take it or six. leave it. Oh. Yeah, six of no, them. No, no, I wasn't going to believe it, but six. Six. Had it been five, wouldn't have been enough. Some were no, from six. former Apple. Others were Gee, former that shut me right up. FBI agents. Yeah, and the claim is that this was two years ago that this happened. <laughs> this was two I years ago. So they've been pretending to have this public fight. Meanwhile, behind closed what? doors, Apple has, in fact, been providing to the Federal Bureau of Investigation a, a lot of help, and, and they did give over the shooter's iCloud backups in this recent Pensacola case. I never thought that the iCloud was going to be safe. Me but, either. But, like, the way the storage works on the phone, you kind of have to... I mean, it's a lot easier. My kids certainly want it, but they did give... The, was that big news that they gave the iCloud backup to the of the Pensacola guy? Was that something that made front page... Did it happen just today? Because no, I've been it following happened them. recently in the past couple right. of weeks. But okay. we mentioned it, but no, yeah, it was not big problem. news. Hmm. Listen to this. <laughs> they probably gave it to them right away because one line and one article I read said they didn't even ask Apple for that until a month had passed. So I think oh, yeah. Apple gave them everything immediately, well, and they just acted like it took a month, but it took the DOJ a month to ask for it. I would completely agree, because the article goes in. on to say that well, the Apple, the reason they want the Apple iCloud, because the FBI can hack into the phones too, but apparently you can notice that. You can tell if somebody does that better than iCloud. iCloud can be searched in secret, and in the first half of 2019, U.S. authorities that had court documents and asked for the iCloud backups, they obtained the iCloud content 1,568 times, which covers 6,000 accounts. And Apple said that it turned over at least some data for 90% of the request that it received and that it turns over data more often in response to secret U.S. intelligent court directives, which sought content for more than 18,000 accounts in the first half of 2019. Yeah, I mean, just don't assume. And I think that's what the Snowden stuff is about, making, taking this to the next level. They will turn over your data in an instant is the takeaway that I take from that article. Right. Hey, can I mention the uh, just a quick hit on a, another topic? Go for it. Yeah, a sec. 
there's news today that three American firefighters crashed and died in a Hercules cargo plane over the Australian wildfires. And this was coupled with, and then when I started having light bulbs, I saw a digital, a digital billboard that said, help us, A-U-S, and it had a kangaroo on it. And I'm thinking, this is a first world country. Why are we over there? Why do they need us? I mean, do you ever see Australians? <laughs> like, they can handle it. They're they're like the Ukrainians of the Commonwealth. You know where Crocodile Dundee and he Australian? Yes. Super resourceful guy. Yes. Yes. They I, I've been to Australia. I, I would say that it's kind of in many ways, I think. I don't want to insult Australians. I, I lived in Texas. I love Texas. It's kind of like it reminds me of Texas. They barbecue. They have like you know, unyielding land. They have to just, they're resourceful. They just have, you know, I just, I can't understand why. I mean, they have a robust society. Okay, wildfire. Maybe we, they don't have those airplanes, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but, I guess that's the argument that the resources. But I feel like. I felt from the beginning like the Australian thing was going to be the beginning of this idea of having a first fully binding international institution, like a world government force. You know, like fire and police are like the two kind of essential forces of a community. Yeah. I feel like they are going to try to make a worldwide like fire force or climate force that has force. This of is law. Right. And yeah. then they will start enforcing their laws. I think that absolutely that that is plausible. And this could be a, a way to propose that if it hasn't already been proposed. It rem- this, for some reason, reminds me of the vigilant guard exercises, which are military training exercises that oh, are always yeah. described as we, these crisis exercises will stretch the ideas to stretch the resources that are available in any particular state so that they have to coordinate with all of their local forces and with a whole bunch of different federal agencies, like 17 federal agencies and the local forces all have to get together because they've outstretched their resources. And I feel like this is something similar. Right. The resources have been outstretched, so now they have to coordinate internationally. In order right. to solve the problem, and that could be a, a way to say, hey, well, and we better go ahead and get the global fire force. This is what annoys me about messing with praxeology. Like, it doesn't usually happen. Even on 9-11, they had to actually keep guys doing unrelated drills. They had everything in the air on uh, on fake missions just to keep them from responding to 9-11. I think the guy who orchestrated that got promoted, actually. But they... It's not real. Yeah. Tell us again yeah, what praxeology is. That's an excellent observation, though. Praxeology is what Ludwig von Mises talked about. It's basically his philosophy of how Austrian economics works. They're like, oh, economics doesn't work because everybody isn't rational. It's like it, you don't have to be rational. Praxeology is recognizing what people actually do, what really happens. And that is why law, when I went to law school, I was a little bit at a disadvantage because I'm highly logical, very black and white, very math. And someone with a gift for 
as a jurist, like a judge, somebody who could really be a judge, is the person who understands humanity, praxeology, society, and understands justice in that context. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I looked up praxeology on Google, and the first result is, what the hell is praxeology? It does not. <laughs> yeah, it does. At least on well, my... I think it has a diphthong in it, which means it cannot be spelled. <laughs> I think it's like P-R-A with like the E attached to it. <laughs> it yeah, I don't ever spelled. know how to type those they don't on the exist. keyboard. It's, you can't. You got to <laughs> cut your tongue out. You guys can, hopefully, the senators who are speaking today will consider cutting their tongue out. Yes, that would be and We don't merciful. have to suffer through this anymore. <laughs> you guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with a propaganda report podcast feed. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.